0: And uh, we're going to be tonight in Psalm 63. We're going through our series, Comfort in the Crisis, and we're looking at uh, different different Psalms. Uh, we won't look, th- look at all of them, but uh, tonight we'll be looking in uh, Psalm 63. And so as you turn your Bible there, I'm going to invite uh, my son Luke to come and uh, read Psalm 63 for us. Psalm 63 verses 1 through 11.
1: All right. psalm 63 verse 1 O god thou art my god early will i seek thee my soul thirsteth for thee my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is to see thy power and thy glory so as i have seen thee in the sanctuary because thy loving kindness is better than life my lips shall praise thee thus will i bless thee while i live and i will lift up my hands in thy name my soul shall be satisfied as with my marrow and fatness and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips when i remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches because thou hast been my help therefore in the shadow of thy wing will i rejoice my soul followeth hard after thee thy right hand upholdeth me but those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speaketh lies shall be stopped. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Help us to listen well tonight and to not get distracted. And dear Jesus,
0: amen. Amen. Thank you, Luke. Amen. I want to begin this message by asking this question. Have you ever been in the wilderness? Now, before you really answer that question, let me ask what I mean by in the wilderness. You might be thinking, oh yeah, I've been camping before, I've been out in the wilderness. Well, that's not really what I'm referring to tonight. You see, David is the human author of this psalm, and if you'll notice at the beginning, if your Bible has little inscriptions before the actual verses start, um, this one says, a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. You see, in his life, David experienced the highs and lows of life. He experienced seasons of his life in the wilderness, away from security, away from normalcy, and away from freedom. Uh, he also experienced tremendous, wonderful times. If you remember after he uh, defeated Goliath and, and uh, people were singing his praises and uh, he, had, uh, he had a fan club and people were singing songs about him. And uh, he was kind of, his popularity was on the rise and things were looking good for David. So he's experienced the highs and he's also experienced the lows. And the lows are really considered uh, his wilderness experiences. Uh, I think about the time when he was running for his life from King Saul. After that time that uh, all those people began singing his praises and Saul became very jealous and enraged with envy to the point where he uh, desired to kill David and to remove him from this earth. And so, as a result, David spent a lot of time in the wilderness running from his life, running for his life. Well, that time ended, Saul ended up dying, and then David was crowned as king of Israel. Then time went on, and one of his own sons named Absalom stole the hearts of Israel and tried to overthrow David if you recall that part of the story in 2 Samuel chapter 15. Well, before that happened, David and his men ran away into the wilderness. And uh, the verse in that in that uh, particular event that I want to point out is in verse 28 of 2 Samuel 15. You don't have to turn there, but it says this, "'See, I will tarry in the plain of the wilderness.'" until there come word from you to certify me. And this is after David and his men, while David was king, ran away in fear of his son Absalom. Well, that was one of the wilderness experiences of David's life, and many commentators believe that that's where David was when he penned this particular psalm, Psalm 63. He was in in a time of... Where normalcy went out the window, where his life was completely different than what it was normal, uh, what what his normal scenario was. So I ask you again have you ever been in the wilderness? Uh, I would guess that all of us have had times in the wilderness where life is not normal, where life doesn't seem secure, and where freedom seems like it walked out the door. For many Americans, we are feeling like we are in a wilderness right now. Uh, We are feeling like life is not normal, uh, life doesn't seem secure, and freedom seems lost. Well, what should our response be during these times in the wilderness? How should we respond to wilderness seasons in our lives? Uh, When life is not normal, when life isn't as secure or as comfortable as before, and when our freedom has diminished. Well, tonight we're going to look at this psalm, Psalm 63, which was likely written during that season in which King David ran for his life from his own son and find out how David responded to times in the wilderness and learn some lessons from how we should then respond during our own time in the wilderness, which many of us find ourselves in uh, right now tonight. First of all, I want us to see here as part of David's response to all of this, I want us to see, first of all, David's desire. David's desire, and this is found in verses 1 and 2 here, where he says, O God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee, my flesh longeth for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. And then David said, I want to see Thy power and Thy glory, so as have I seen Thee in the sanctuary. Um, as David was in the uh, in the wilderness, he he longed for the Lord. He desired God. Why did God des- or why did David desire the Lord so much? Well, I, I think first of all, uh, God was personal in David's life. God was personal. You see, here in the very beginning of the verse, uh, verse one, where he writes this, he says, "O oh God." And then he adds these four words, Thou art my God. Thou art my God. You see, God wasn't just the God of heaven and earth, though he is. He wasn't just the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, though he was. No, you see, he was David's God as well. There was a point in which God wasn't just this distant being but that he was a he had a personal relationship with. And you know, when we're going through a time of wilderness, uh, like we are in America, this is a time to build that personal relationship with God. So he was, he was David's personal God. Is he your God? Is he personal to you? David didn't just know about God, David knew God. Do you know God? I'm not asking if you know about God, and maybe you do know a lot about God. Maybe you know a lot of theological facts about God, and that's good, and that's wonderful. But do you know God personally? You can say, well, I, you know, I could tell you this, this, this evening that I know some things about Donald Trump, but, but the fact is, I don't actually know him personally. And you and I might know a lot about God, but really the question is, do you know God personally? Have you met him? Have you begun a relationship with him through Jesus Christ? Have you done that? And for those who have, are you cultivating that relationship? Is that a relationship that you're investing in? David said, oh God, thou art my God. To to David, God was personal. Is God personal to you? And when we're in this time of wilderness, this is the time to cultivate that relationship. And if it's been a while since you've spent some time with the Lord and talked with him and walked with him along life's narrow way, this is the time to do that in the wilderness. So first of all, God was personal. And that's why David had such a desire for the Lord. So God was personal, but God was also his priority. And notice here in verse 1, he says, O oh God, thou art my God. And then he says, Early will I seek thee. He said, I'm going to make the Lord a big priority in my own life. I'm going to seek the Lord, and I'm going to seek him early. It's not going to be with my leftover time. No, he's going to be sought first and foremost. I think about uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 where Jesus said, Uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. He was telling the disciples, he said, don't don't worry about where you're going to get your next meal. Don't worry about your clothing. Don't worry about where you're going to get your next paycheck. Focus on me. Make me your priority. Seek me early, not seek me later. You know, the word later never appears in Scripture. Uh, all the time when we're talked when we're told to make decisions for the Lord, it's today, it's now, it's not sometime in the future. Make God your priority during this season. David had a desire for the Lord. why? Because God was personal to David. It wasn't just this figment of his imagination. This wasn't just an abstract concept. This was a personal relationship that David had with his God. Do you have a personal relationship with your Lord? But then he was his priority, and he was willing to rise early in these days to spend time with God and to get to know his Lord. I want to encourage you to seek the Lord while you can. By the way, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. When you are truly seeking, you're going to find and you're going to find that the Lord is good. You're going to taste and see that the Lord is good. So God was his priority. Is he your priority? Or are other things more important than the Lord in your life? Are your binge watching Netflix or wherever you're watching, is that more important than spending time with the Lord? I'm telling you, if you're going to make it through this wilderness, it's only going to be because you make him your priority. David did. Early will I seek thee. So God was, his, God was personal in David's life. God was his priority. And then thirdly, I see here that God was his pursuit. God was his pursuit. In verse number one again, oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My th- my, and then here it is, my soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. You see, he was pursuing the Lord in his life during his time in the wilderness. This was something he was after. Psalm 73 in verse 25, the psalmist wrote this, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And then he goes on to say, and there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. See, David desired the Lord and he pursued him and he said, I am thirsting for you. I am longing for you in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Have you ever been really, really thirsty? Like all you can think about is getting someplace where you can have some water. Or maybe some Chick-fil-A, Arnold Palmer, some sweet tea mixed with the Chick-fil-A lemonade. Amen. Can I get an amen in the comments? We'll have to wait. It's a little bit of a delay, but I'm sure there'll be an amen. If not, I'll go back and do my own amen on that one. Have you ever been really thirsty? Well, God wants us to... Uh, long for him like you're so thirsty and there is a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Can you imagine that type of thirst? There's no Chick-fil-A's on the corner. Uh, you can't get to an on-queue and, oh, we got an amen. All right, thank you. Um, you can't get to an on-queue or a Bucky's and and uh, get to a, a really good... Uh, gas station to get a nice big honkin' soda. You can't get any of that. That's the type of pursuit we're to have for the Lord. We're to pursue Him, and when we do, uh, we'll find Him. It's interesting to note that David, in his time in the wilderness, he was the king. He had everything you could want being the king. Well, now he was on the run in the wilderness. And you know what he wanted? He didn't want the perks of being a king. He didn't want all the blessings and the cushiness of being the king. That's not what he longed for in the wilderness. You know what he longed for? He longed for the Lord. He said, my soul thirsteth for not the perks and the benefits of being the king. No, he said, my soul thirsteth for thee. My my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. He was longing for God. Are you longing to know the Lord and to know his power? I think of of the Apostle Paul when he said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Uh, Paul's really one big goal in life was to know the Lord, to know his power, and to... Uh, even know the fellowship of his suffering, and and the Apostle Paul he desired it, and guess what he knew it. He had he had tremendous power in his life to accomplish much for the Lord's glory. But then he also uh, dealt with a lot of the suffering that the Lord uh, put him through as well. Do you desire the Lord? Do you want to pursue Him? So we see here, first of all, while David was in the wilderness, he had a tremendous desire, and his desire was for the Lord. And why was it so? Because God was personal in his life, because God was his priority, and because God was his pursuit. I want to encourage all of us to have that. But then I want us to see, secondly tonight, David's devotion. David's devotion. And this is found in verses 3 through verse number 8. We see a lot of the choices that David made because of his desire for the Lord and wise choices for us to make, by the way, as well, while we're in our wilderness scenario here in America. What were some of these choices that David made? Well, first of all, he chose to praise the Lord. He chose to praise the Lord in verse number three. He said, because thy loving kindness is better than life, My lips shall praise thee. In verse number five, he says this my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Kind of an interesting thing to do, a kind of a uh, unnatural reaction during times in the wilderness. Uh, This is the normally the natural reaction is to whine, gripe, complain, murmur. And say, this ain't fair that I'm going through this type of scenario. But that's not what David did. You see, David decided that he was going to praise the Lord during that situation. Now, Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, I want to encourage you to be praising the Lord during this situation. There's a lot to be praising the Lord about. And you know what? As you look around, there are some good things that are happening. But ultimately... Our focus needs to be on the Lord. Because look what, guess what? He never changes. He never changes. And in verse number three, he says, because thy loving kindness is better than life. As David began to think of the Lord and he said, I think about your loving kindness in my life. And your loving kindness is better than my life. And now David, as the king, again, had really anything you could want Really, the most powerful person in in the world at that time was King David. Now, not here in the wilderness, but while he was on the the throne, I mean, he had anything you could want. I mean, he snapped a finger and people came running. He had really the ultimate life. I mean, he had the American, he had the Israel dream. (laughs) Uh, He had it all. And yet he said, because thy loving kindness is better than life itself, my lips shall praise thee. I want to encourage all of us to uh, be thinking of the Lord during this time and be thinking of characteristics and attributes of God during this time. And when you do, that'll cause us to praise him. Lord, thank you that you never change. Thank you that you're all powerful. Thank you that you're sovereign. Thank you that you know all, you're omniscient. He's all of that, and infinitely so. Thank you that you're good. Thank you that you're able to work all this together for good in my life. Thank you that you are uh, stronger than this and that you're going to see us through this. These are some things that we should be praising the Lord about during this time. So he chose to praise the Lord, and we need to be choosing to praise the Lord as well. And boy, I think of... Uh, the song, or the, not the song, the verse of the month for us here at Cornerstone, Psalm 69, in verse number 30, where it says this. Uh, it says here, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Again, a choice during our wilderness experience to praise the name of God with a song. Find a song that you can sing during this time. Find a good old hymn that you can sing throughout the day as you go through your day, get some good godly Christian music playing, and praise the Lord during this season. So he chose to praise the Lord. Next, he also chose to bless the Lord. Verse number 4 of Psalm 63. He says, Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. How many of you have, when you pray, say, Lord, please bless me? Please bless me. Well, here in this verse, David says, Lord, I want to bless you. He's turning it around. Uh, So often we seek God's blessing in our life, but here in, in the wilderness experience that David had here, he decided that he was going to bless the Lord. I want to encourage all of us to bless the Lord with our lives during this season. May God look at our lives and be blessed because of the choices we make. And he decided that he was going to bless the Lord. That's a great choice for you and I to be thinking of as we wake up each day. Lord, how can my life be a blessing to you today? You have blessed me so much. Here's my opportunity. I want to bless you with my reaction, with my response to people, with my response to the news that's going on with my reaction to uh, the uncertainty around me. I want to bless you, Lord. And David made that choice that he was going to bless the Lord while he lives, and he was going to lift up his hands in thy name. Well, he chose to bless the Lord. What, What else did he choose to do? He also made the choice next to be satisfied with the Lord. Verse number five. He said, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Lord, when I think of you, I'm just going to be satisfied with who you are and the relationship I have with you, and I don't need anything else. I don't need to be back on that throne. I don't need to have all the benefits and the comforts of being the king. I don't need any of that anymore. I'm satisfied with just you. Maybe you've heard this before, but I think this is a great thing to think about in a time like this. When you come to the place where God is all you have, then you'll find He's all you need. And for many people, this has been the season in which they've had to come to terms with this. When God has kind of taken out everything that they've relied upon, their their finances, their, their normal routine has been kind of shaken up. And all of a sudden, God has their attention and and he's wondering if we're going to be satisfied with just him. You know, Job had it all stripped away from him too. And he got to the point where he said, I know my Redeemer liveth. And he was okay with just having his relationship with God. Would you be okay with that? Are you okay with that? David said, look, I'm going to be satisfied even here in this wilderness with you, Lord. I'm going to be okay. I'm content with you. He chose to be satisfied with the Lord. I hope that you'll make that same choice as well, to be satisfied with just the Lord. For those who, you know, I hope that we'll get meeting back together here very soon. I hope that we'll get to go back out to restaurants. I hope that life will get back to normal very soon, and I think it will be. But what if it doesn't? Would you be okay with that? What if you never get to work again? What if you get another never get another uh paycheck again or another stimulus check again? What if, what if none of that ever happens again, would you be okay with the Lord? David said, "I I'm choosing to be satisfied. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness." He said the circumstances don't really matter to me. I I'm just going to be content with you, Lord. I want to encourage all of us to make that same choice in our own hearts. He chose to be satisfied with the Lord. What else did he choose? He also chose to think on the Lord. Verse number six, David said, When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. You see, what... What he decided to do when he went to bed, he didn't didn't go to bed and start fretting and worrying about things that were beyond his control. You know what he thought of when he went to bed? He thought of the Lord. So tonight, when you go to bed, (laughs) and when you're in the night watches, when you can't sleep at night, there's been many who have slept a little less good That's not proper English or grammar, but anyway. For those who haven't slept as good during this season, what are you thinking about? What are you dwelling upon during those times when you're awake, when you're the only one in the home that's awake? David said, during those times, while I'm in the wilderness, I'm thinking of you, Lord. I'm not worried about my future. I'm not worried about what's going to happen. I'm not going to worry about all that stuff that I can't do anything about. I'm going to think about you, Lord. He said, when I, when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. I want to encourage you, when you're just by yourself and starting your mind starts to go and starts to worry and fret about the future and about the overtaking of government, and I, I understand some of all that stuff. Those things, when we can't do a lot about it, It's more profitable to be thinking about the Lord who can do something about it. So be thinking of Him, thinking of His character, thinking of what He has done in your life. And that leads me to the the next thought here. He chose to not only think on the Lord, but also He chose to rejoice in the Lord. In verse number seven, He said, "'Because thou hast been my help, "'therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice.'" You know, as David was there at nighttime and he began to think about all that God had done in his life in the past. And then it caused him to rejoice. David thought back to all the times that God had helped him in the past. And it caused him to truly rejoice in the Lord. I want to encourage us as we go through this season. I know it's like, are we ever going to get back to normal? What's going to happen? What's going to be the fallout? What's going to be the result of all this? Look, I don't know. Only the Lord does. This is the time to be thinking back to how the Lord delivered you in the past. Especially if you can't think of any specific situations. Can I remind you one, the most important one of them all, and that is how the Lord delivered you out of sin? The day that you came to Christ and received Him and believed on the Lord Jesus for your salvation. Think back to that day and thank God for how He changed your life because of it. May it cause you to rejoice in the Lord. And we're told to rejoice in the Lord all the way. And again, I say rejoice. We're to rejoice in the Lord when we're in a... We're supposed to rejoice in the Lord all the way, except when we're in times of wilderness, right? No, no, we're supposed to rejoice in the Lord all the way. And again, I say rejoice. And David did when he was in his wilderness situation, and we should in ours as well. The last choice that I see that he made here was that he chose to follow the Lord. Verse number 8 says, My soul followeth hard after thee, and thy right hand upholdeth me. This is the time to not go away from the Lord. This is the time to be close to Him and to follow closely to the Lord. And so I want to encourage you, whatever that is for you, however the Lord is calling you to follow Him closer then do it. I like what David said here, my soul followeth hard after thee. Like this wasn't a a little flippant thing that he was doing. This was something he was diligent. You can get that in the language there. My soul followeth hard after thee, and I hope that you will follow hard after the Lord during your time in the wilderness. And then last thought I wanted to share with you this evening is David's defense. We see David's desire, we see his devotion, but now we see his defense in verses 9 through 11. He said, but those that seek my soul, you see there were his enemies, he had a bunch of enemies after him, those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword, they shall be a portion for foxes. And then he said, but the king, referring to himself, shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory, but the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Now talk about a national time of drama. I mean, this was making the front page news all over the place of what was going on in the kingdom. There when Absalom began to take over and all the hearts were wanting to follow Absalom. Absalom had stolen the hearts of Israel, and they didn't like David anymore. They liked this new guy with uh, long hair, (laughs) and they wanted him to be the king. Now, while he was in the wilderness, was David worried about his enemies? Perhaps a little. I mean, he was human after all. But then he remembered that God would indeed make all things right. And he remembered that God was his defense, and that God would work it all out. Psalm 62, in verse number 2 and 6, if your Bible's open to Psalm 63, if you look back to the previous psalm, in verse number 2 he says, uh, "'He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved.'" And then verse 6, he kind of repeats it when he says, "'He only is my rock and my salvation.'" He is my defense. I shall not be moved. You know, David understood that he didn't have to defend himself. The Lord was going to defend him. Uh, he, the Lord was going to be his defense. Psalm 59, verse 9 says, Because of his strength I will wait upon thee, for God is my defense. Remember what the Bible says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So we don't need to do his job. You see, he's going to sort it all out. He can and will make it all right. Can I just encourage all of us tonight that he is a much better judge than you and I could ever be? So let him do his job in his way and in his timing. It may not be according to your timing. It may not be according to your way, but he's he's the great judge. He'll sort it all out. Interesting to note that one of David's fiercest enemies during this season was a man by the name of Shimei. Shimei was, as one commentator put it, a reptile of the house of Saul who cursed David with tremendous hate. Uh, this was a pretty vile gentleman. Uh, not gentleman, man. <laughs> uh, Shimei was. I mean, this guy cursed David. I mean, he when he saw David, he would cuss him out and curse him. And then he even threw rocks at him and and, uh, threw up dust. He was just an evil guy. Now, I'm not totally sure, but I have a sneaky suspicion that when David wrote verses 9 through 11, here in Psalm 63, Shimei was on his mind. Well, later on, Shimei is humbled and King David is back on the throne. And I want to read the passage of scripture that takes place when Shimei comes back to David after all this time of evil. 2 Samuel 19 in verse number 16 says this, And Shimei, the son of Gera, Benjamite, which was of Bahurim, hasted and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. And there were a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and Ziba the king, or the servant of the house of Saul, And his 15 sons and his 20 servants with him, and they went over Jordan before the king. And there went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household and to do what he thought good. And Shimei, this evil guy, Shimei, the son of Gera, fell down before the king. That's quite a bit different than before. Before he was throwing rocks at the king. Now he's falling down before the king as he was come over Jordan. And said unto the king, Let not my lord impute iniquity unto me, neither do thou remember that which thy servant did perversely the day that my lord the king went out of Jerusalem, that the king should take it to his heart. For thy servant doth know that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I am come the first this day of all the house of Joseph to go down to meet my lord the king. But Abishai the son of Zeruah answered and said, Shall not Shimei be put to death for this, because he cursed the Lord's anointed? And David said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruah, that ye should this day be adversaries unto me? Shall there any man be put to death this day in Israel? For do not I know that I am this day king over Israel? Then the next verse says, Therefore the king said unto Shimei, Thou shalt not die. The king swear unto him. In the beautiful act of mercy, David spares his life. You see, David trusted God to sort it all out. And guess what? God did sort it all out. And for those of you who are wondering, oh, I know this is just a big conspiracy. And it may be. I don't know all of the things that are going on. I don't know that anyone really knows except for the Lord. He's going to sort it out. He's going to make it right. Let Him be your defense. And don't waste time fretting and worrying over something you can't control. And so I want to encourage us tonight as we're in our season of wilderness to respond like David did, to respond by desiring the Lord during this season. Not desiring to have life back to normal, although we all kind of wish it it was. And I am looking forward to that. But this is an opportunity for us to desire the Lord, to make Him our pursuit, to allow Him to be personal, to make Him our priority in our daily schedule, and then to make the right choices during this time, to show that we have a devotion for Him, to choose to praise the Lord, to bless the Lord, to be satisfied with Him, to think on the Lord, to rejoice in the Lord, and to follow the Lord during this time. And then to remember that God is our defense during this situation. And to let Him be God. Because guess what? You and I aren't really good at doing that. We think we know, but we really don't. Uh, Let God be God, and you just rest in Him. Let Him be your defense. And with that, let's have a word of prayer tonight. Lord, thank you for uh, this precious psalm that helps us in a situation like we find ourselves in tonight. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to desire you like David desired you. Help us, Lord, to have the devotion like David did during his time in the wilderness. And help us, Lord, to let you be our defense. Help us to trust you and to not try to take matters into our own hands, but to let you uh, do the work. Lord, thank you that you will. Lord, I pray that you would bless our church family tonight. I sure miss them. I sure love them. And uh, I do pray that you would help them to look to you during this time and to think about you, to think right thoughts about you as they go through this uh, season of wilderness. And uh, Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for your word and your character and who you are. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.